Hi, I'm Ben. Hi, I'm Rob. We've been mates since we met at drama school in 2004. We're both actors, and for the last 10 years we've been working in all sorts of productions, from small fringe shows to big arena tours. We love the theatre, so we thought we would make a podcast to bring you a series of inspiring conversations with interesting people from the world of theatre. So this is our podcast. Welcome to Inside the West End. Inside the West End, with Ben Morris and Rob Copeland. Thank you for downloading episode 23 of Inside the West End. Follow us on Twitter at Inside West End. We've got a page on Facebook, Inside the West End Podcast. Or if you want to get in contact, then email insidethewestend at gmail.com. Coming up, we speak to Deputy Stage Manager at Motown in the West End. It's Roz Fenelon. A few weeks ago, we tweeted saying, who would you like to see here on our upcoming episodes and we had lots of people saying that they want to hear more from people working behind the scenes on West End shows so we've listened to you and we got hold of Roz who's working on Motown as we've already said I've worked with Roz myself uh, and I knew that she'd give us a great insight into that world please tweet us if there's anyone else or any other departments that you'd like us to speak to we're really interested in what you want to hear we make this podcast for you for your entertainment so if you want to hear more let us know Thank you to all of you who have gone on InsideTheWestEnd.com and donated. We really, really appreciate it. If you want to help us continue to make this podcast, which Ben and I currently make for free and costs us a bit of money, if you want to help support that, then head to InsideTheWestEnd.com, click on the donate button. Also, you can help us um, really simply, actually, if you do your shopping with Amazon online, instead of just going onto their website directly, go on our website first, insidethewestend.com, and we have some ads there. If you go on their website through ours, literally by clicking on the advert, then we get a bit of money for that. So we'd really appreciate if you do that. Simple and effective. And it costs you absolutely nothing extra. Exactly. So now let's get to the chat with Roz Fenelon. This is Rose Fenelon and you're listening to Inside the West End. Roz Fenelon, welcome to Inside the West End. Hello, thank you. You are our first member of stage management team coming to speak to us. And the reason that we're speaking to you, other than the fact we know it's going to be really, really interesting, we've got mm-hmm. lots of questions. We put a little thing out on Twitter asking mm-hmm. who would people like to hear from. And a lot of people wanted to hear about people who do the sort of roles that you've done on shows. Okay. Uh, really interested in the life of everyone working in the theatre. Mm-hmm. So you're currently working as the deputy stage manager on Motown in the West End. That is correct. But yes. I'm just, we don't normally do this, but I'm just going to blast out a list of other shows you've worked on so people can have an idea of okay. how experienced you My are. CV, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I've got it here yeah. uh, as sent in a text by Ross to me because that's the thing, you can't read a program and read a big list of people who do no, the roles you, you do. So we've got Beauty and the Beast, Saturday Night Fever, Fame, Hairspray, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, Love Never Dies, Shrek, Jesus Christ Superstar World Arena Tour, Clang, Stephen Ward, Memphis, and now Motown. I mean, that is a, an epic it's quite CV. It's isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I was amazed how quickly I remembered them. I was like, it's amazing. Like, if you were a performer or, or any, any other part of, of the theatre, having that list of credits, I know, it's really, so uh, impressive. I've been lucky. Timing. I've just been lucky, honestly. It's, just, it's worked out really well for me. Before we start yes. hearing about 
how you got those jobs yes. and the luck that becomes that you say comes part of it, which I'm sure is not true. We'd love to take you right back and hear about the young Roz. Okay, so I'm a Londoner, Ealing, born and bred. Um, I did I did dancing a lot actually from the age of like two to about eighteen. But I was pants. I mean, I was rubbish, and I knew I was. Do you know what I mean? Those of my friends went on to do it at college, and yeah. So I, I was always interested in drama and do you know acting and things, but just not wanting to do it professionally. So, yeah. What did your parents do? So my mum, for 20 years she worked at the BBC and then she she retired sort of when I was quite young and now she works at a hospital and my dad worked for, as a civil servant, totally different. So when you say BBC, was it kind of showbiz related? Or it was what? news, so she was news. like a, a researcher, broadcast researcher, yeah. And do you have any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I've got two brothers, two sisters, big old family. And where do you, where are you in the, so in the running order? I'm fourth. Okay. Fourth youngest, yeah, and they and they're kind of in the arts. My brother, he works at um, the BBC, but he produces pr- um, promos uh, at the moment for Sky Sports, and then we uh, for BBC Sports rather. My other sister, BBC at News, um, another sister, publisher, it works with Penguin, and then my brother's more medical, does medical stuff. So, so there I is a vague <laughs> medical stuff, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. What's your title in this hospital, Doctor? Doctor of Medical <laughs> oh, Stuff, sorry. actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do. Yeah. Um, so there is, okay, there's, there is quite an, an arty theme. It is quite arty, yeah. Maybe that is why I was just led into it without even realising. Where do you think that comes from, other than the fact your mum worked at the BBC? Was there anything about your upbringing that naturally kind of brought that out of you? I don't think so. I think literally when I was little, I wanted to do ballet because my friend at nursery did it. And that was literally the only reason. And I wanted to do it with her. So I did. Enjoyed it and just carried on doing it. I think that gave me a taste of, do mean that side of things, the arts and things, because we went to see a lot of shows and, um, and things like that. But my granddad, he was a performer. He did tap dancing and performing on stage and things. So maybe, maybe it's within me without me realising. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah... And so who, who are you as a teenager then? Mm-hmm. We're interested in, in the kind of qualities that bring someone to be to do the kind of work that you do. I think it's yeah. a very specific type of person. So when you reflect on yourself as a teenager, yeah. what kind of person were you? To be honest, I think I was quite shy as a teenager. Um, I, think, I don't think I got more confident until I went to uni. But I was quite shy, um, did my dancing, not very good at it. Did, I did lots of music and learnt a lot of instruments and things. Um, I was quite easygoing, had you know, like going out with friends and very family orientated. Did but you yeah, do? Not overly confident. Did, did, were you a technically minded person? No, I really wasn't. No, and I didn't really know anything about backstage or theatre in terms of things, but I wasn't really technically minded at all, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, that sort of came. So, how did your hobby mm. become your job? Okay. From, from being a someone who did dance yeah. and self, you claim were not good no, at it. No, genuinely I was, honestly. <laughs> well, so Joe, most, most stage management would probably say we did Amdram and we did back, like stage management or whatever or sort of similar things. I got to sixth form, did theatre studies and it came to that time we had to choose what you wanted to do at uni and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So me and my mum sat down and we looked at TV courses, like media courses, and then my mum was like, what about stage management? And I honestly, to God, had never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. I think I'd vaguely heard of it. I like, saw it in programmes and things in the back of my, my programmes, but didn't know what it was. And um, looked it up, thought, this sounds pretty interesting. You know, I think I could do that. So I applied to unis for TV courses and also drama schools for stage management courses. And, and randomly, I didn't get into any of my unis, but I got into the drama schools. So I was like, okay. 
And then it just went from there. So I can honestly say it was, I didn't know what it was. It just literally thought it sounded interesting and then and got into to Central, yeah. Were you not tempted with, with your family history in television? Yeah. Were you not tempted to be to think about being a floor manager or being like a uh, first AD? Yes, I yeah, I did. At uni, at uni I, I did enjoy the stage management, but the whole way through I thought, I don't think I want to do this. I want to do TV. And the natural thing... That, that the equivalent of stage management is floor managing and that's I've always wanted to do it and I still want to do it and it's still something I feel like I need to try but um yeah I did I did want to do it but I, I was quite happy to train in stage management because I think theatre is quite uh, it's more raw do you know what I mean it's better training and I think it's better to learn the theatre way and then get into television mm. rather than the other way is that is that quite common that transition for yeah people? it is I think I, I spoke to a floor manager who said this morning actually when we went there and he he came from theatre and he said you can always tell a floor manager that's come from a theatre background because of their worth ethic and stuff that you can tell and it's a lot better better training and things so yeah so tell us about your training mm. I, I've literally have no I don't know anything about the training to, to work in stage yeah. management. What does it entail? What was it like? How did you find that period? So I went to um, Central School of Speech and Drama and it was a three-year BA course. And so the first year, you're sort of doing a little bit of everything. You have maybe a week doing scenic construction just to know what other departments do, like a day on lighting and props and things. But then really what you're doing, you're kind of working. It's like the working world within uni. Do you know what I mean? Like each term... You do rehearsals, you get given your cast, you do rehearsals, put the sh- do the tech, put the show on. So this is for the student productions that are happening at that time? Yeah. So the actors who are performing, you're doing the technical? Yeah. So actually everyone in that college is doing their what they're going to do out in the real world within college. Each term is another show. So it's just like working. And, he, and then I think in the third year you do work experience or work placement and then you do a big old dissertation. And where did you do work experience? I did it at the Riverside Studios in Hammersmith. And I did it at the Royal Opera House with the ballet department. So there's that television at Riverside? No, it was, oh, it was a little bit of television, mainly theatre. Right. Yeah, they had a few theatre plays come in and interactive theatre things come in. So that was quite interesting. But I liked the Royal Opera House. That was, that was really good. It's interesting. We've just interviewed Claire Calvert, who was oh, one of okay. the um, first soloist dancers at the oh, Royal wow. Opera House. And just getting an insight into how that building works mm-hmm. from the performer's perspective is yeah. mind-blowing. Yeah. What was it like from a technical perspective? So it's whereas my job now is coming in the evening do the show with the stage management there you come in early you set up their rehearsals you watch their rehearsals and then you do a show but it's not every night obviously because they sort of the opera but um yeah it was fascinating it's amazing just being in that room with this these like amazing dancers it's yeah it's a really nice vibe in that building and I liked it. don't they have a stage there which can completely the, the entire set can move yeah like stage right or something and go into a separate room so they can bring in different ones is that right yeah like i have that? seen it happen i can't explain it i cannot tell you how it happens but they do they swap it for the opera because they're obviously like for ballet they have a sprung floor yeah. so they yeah they swap it it all just shifts it's amazing so to work there as work experience is your first i know it doesn't get it doesn't more get technical better. than no. that no Wow. And, and you sit in the wings for the shows and you see these dancers in the wings waiting to go on. It's like, I felt like, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, amazing, yeah. So you got that buzz, mm-hmm. seeing that, being a part of that. Yeah, definitely. Does it still exist? Do you still now, having worked in all these productions, do you still feel that buzz? I think I do. And sometimes you, you sort of get a bit complacent and then you have a little peek at the audience and you see how happy they are and stuff and loving it. And, you're, and you remember when you were young and saw a show and how much you loved it. And it sort of puts it back, it, it gives you that... That like knowing that you're doing a, a good job. Do you know what I mean you're, mm. you're making people happy, and it sort of gives that buzz back. 
So how did you go about getting your first professional job and what was it? So my first professional job, so I did at uni, I worked with a, a director and she happened to know somebody that needed an ASM. So she contacted me because she got on with me at, during my uni course and um, it was for an African musical called Lion and the Jewel and it was literally after, the summer after I graduated and it was going to like reps, we went to um, Birmingham Rep and the Barbican and things and I had to do costume and stage management so that was quite interesting ASM assistant stage manager yes. what does that role entail what's it mean so it's you're sort of usually in a bigger production you're in charge of a wing mainly so you set up that wing you you deal with the props you sort of look after the cast and and just help with the running of the show so a wing being one one side yes. of the stage so uh, off in the off stage Absolutely, section yeah and you would be in charge of everything that happens in that area yeah okay. and and uh, like in the if you're starting a new show you you sort of decide where the, the furniture goes how how the jigsaw works in backstage and you sort of ha- sort of, you had your crew and you sort of tell them what to do help help them and so could you explain the difference between stage management and crew yeah so crew crew work for the theater whereas obviously stage management work for the show and crew so crew assigned stage left or stage right and then you will whatever side you're on you help with the crew to get the show just moving they're more they they move more of the set you do more proppy things actor things they do more of the set moves and things yeah and the other departments so you're currently a deputy stage manager Uh manager on Motown so what does what's the difference between that and an ASM so with deputy um you set up the book that's your main your main thing so in rehearsals with a new show you're helping with the blocking so you're writing where people exit and enter and things um, you're doing rehearsal notes with the stage manager, so anything that comes out of the rehearsal, you need to tell the stage manager, you come up with rehearsal notes and it goes to each department so that everything, nothing gets missed. Um, and you liaise very much with the director and things. And then, But primarily you're making the book, which is the whole script with the score, and you're just putting the cues in and things. The cues for? For lighting, automation, flies, sound... Um, and then backstage calls for actors and things like that. So yeah. give us an example of a backstage call for actors. Backstage call. I, <laughs> my, I did my five-minute call. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is your five-minute call. You now have five minutes. Thank you. <laughs> Do you ever add any little uh, fun additions in? No, um, but I often have people t- next to me poking me and tickling me, trying to make me laugh down my, my little... So that will come down a big tannoy backstage when the actors are required for their scenes. But Mm -hmm. also you mentioned you you call the show. Yeah. So you give all the different cues. Mm -hmm. So how does that work? You're on a a radio. Yeah, Yeah, I'm on a headset and on on my headset I can speak to all the stage management, automation, lighting, sound, also the MD, the musical director. We, We have a little telephone that we can speak to each other. And at the start of the show you have to check in with everybody, make sure everyone's happy. Tick everyone in. Once they're happy, you start the show, and then you just and then you cue for Motown. It's lighting, yeah, automation flies, and a couple of sound cues as well. It's yeah. amazing. I think that must be such an exciting job because you yeah. are you are essentially in, in charge of that evening's performance. I guess so. With the other with the other stage management, you are. You do feel a little bit powerful sometimes. You're it's like, mission <laughs> control. It's a yeah. little bit. Yeah, it is quite. When you think about it, it is. But you you get so used to it, you're almost on autopilot doing it. But yeah. I guess so. And then, so when when things go wrong, mm-hmm. you are the person who's responsible for deciding how you're going to deal with that. Would that be? Yeah. Accurate? So if something went wrong with the set or or the audience or whatever, it's actually it's a stage manager who has the the 
call on whether the show stops or not. So if they think it, it needs to stop, he'll or she, he or she will stop the show. And then it's up to me to make sure sound and the MD know. They're, they're the first ones that need to know because obviously they need to stop playing and, and the sound um, person needs to get my mic up. And then we drop the show cloth and I do my little announcement to the audience. And then it's And then the stage manager will be on stage getting the actors ready, dealing with the problem, and I'll be liaising with the other departments ready to pick up again, where to pick up from and how to do it. Hope you're enjoying the conversation. Stay tuned and we'll be back to the chat in a moment. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We release a new episode every other week. And if you're subscribed, it'll just appear on your device ready for you to listen to. It's very, very easy to subscribe. If you've got an iPhone, just head to the podcast app. You'll see next to the logo of our show a little settings wheel that looks a bit like a cog. Click on that. A few options down. It says subscribe. And the best part is it's completely free. Now back to the chat with Roz. So tell us about your an average day at work. From getting into work, what time do you arrive on your current production in Motown? Obviously, every job you've done will be different, but mm-hmm. let's talk about Motown. What is your average day on a one-show day? Okay, so we, we've settled now. There's an odd rehearsal, but mainly not. So I get in at half past five. So it's quite a nice little start on a late start. Um, I do. I print out the coverings, so that's who's on and who's off, uh, cast-wise, and what child is playing that night and who the musical director is that night. Um, and I put them around the building so that everyone knows what's happening. And then... My next thing to do is call warm-up. I just get the cast down for warm-up, tick them in, make sure they're all okay. And then, before you know it, it's the half-an-hour call. So I do the half-an-hour call, quarter-of-an-hour call, where I announce who's on and who's off. Um, Five-minute call, and then beginners, and then the show starts at half-past seven. With theatre in general, the mm-hmm. half-an-hour call, that would suggest that it, it comes at an, a half-an-hour before half-seven, which is when the show starts, yeah. but it doesn't. No. What time... Do- does we cheat happen? it. It happens at um, so it's a seven thirty show at five two, five, five to two, seven. seven. Yeah. Why is that? That's because beginners is at twenty five past seven because you need the actors to be there ready so we can start at half past seven. In all honesty, we've never started at half past seven, but that's the idea. So yeah, you would, we call them beginners at twenty five past so they can be on stage ready so we can start at half past. So everything is always five minutes five early. Five minutes early, yeah. Yeah. And so then carrying on from there, the show's mm-hmm. up and running. Um, what, what happens the rest of your evening? What time do you finish? And then, so act one, one hour 16, then we have a 20-minute interval, and the next act is about one hour three. So we finish about quarter past ten. And then straight out of the building, the, show, the stage manager does a show report. So during the show, I make any notes of things that might have happened or audience reactions because the Americans, uh, the producers, they like to know how the English audience responds to things and to certain songs and things. You know what I mean? So in case we ever use things on television, they want to know what works here. So if we get a particularly good reaction to My Girl, I write that down and that goes in the show report. And what denotes like, a particularly good reaction? Loud cheers or wolf whistles or do you know what I mean? Things like that. Yeah. They go in the show report. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Not, not every show report. This is the first time I've had to really do this. Most shows you do a general note at the end of the show report saying, great audience, particularly loved blah blah but on this one we do individual notes for for different numbers yeah just so the americans can sort of gauge how how we how we respond to it that's so detailed am i right thinking that in your show reports you cover things like the weather or or what any traffic issues or stuff like that i think some do we don't but i think maybe sometimes you do temperature in the theater as well we don't but i have seen that yeah so in your opinion, mm-hmm. what makes a good member of stage management? 
Okay, so generally you need to, you need to obviously be a people's person because you deal with cast, you, do, you can deal with difficult people, like, uh, the creatives, you've got to sort of get on with everybody just to make your life easier, to make their life easier. Um, you have to be quite hard-skinned, thick-skinned. When things go wrong, you, you'll sort of get the blame for it or whatever, or you'll, you'll get it taken out on you. And it does, it's not personal, they don't mean it. But it often comes to stage management. So you need to just brush it off and ignore it and think, oh, it doesn't matter. They don't mean it. They don't, you know, what I mean? they don't mean to take it out of me. So I think thick skinned is quite a good quality to have. Um, just laid back and easygoing and just ready to help anybody. And yeah, organization must be a big oh, part yeah, definitely. of it. That's quite a big one. Yeah, you should be organized. <laughs> yes, timekeeping obviously because you're you're expecting everyone to be on time, so you need to be on time. When we started. Uh, organising the questions for this interview uh-huh. we started to write a question along the lines of is it hard being a woman in a, in a male led industry mm-hmm. but then as we started to write it we began to realise that actually stage management for nearly most productions that we've worked yeah. on have been women Yeah. What, why do you think that is? I don't know I mean yeah, I've never really noticed that that more, more men or more women I think uh, with stage managers I probably have worked with more men as a stage, stage manager I've worked with two female stage managers um, I think stage. I think this is stereotypical, possibly, but girls tend to do the ASM, the DSM route, and then maybe company manager. Whereas it, because stage management is more technical, maybe that in, that entices men more. But um, I think it's pretty even now. Yeah, I don't really notice a, a difference between. You've mentioned the company manager. Uh-huh. I, that's not come up before in this podcast. What yeah. what what is that job? So they look after the cast. That, that's their primary job, and they deal with holidays and the and the pay slips and um, things like uh, risk assessments. If you injure yourself, they need to do that physio things like that. Holidays, really, yeah. And and what's the relationship between company manager and stage management? Are they part of the same team or or not really? They're not not as such as in. I mean, sometimes you share an office with a company manager, which means that you do get to see them a lot more. But often they're in their own office and it's quite separate, even though... But you would include them in your team, definitely. And also you share holidays with them. So we can't go on holiday if our company manager's on holiday. So in that sense, you do. But um, in terms of jobs... And then my stage manager will cover the company manager. If he's off, he shifts up to the company manager. So yeah, we are a big team, really. It's very diverse, the kind of shows that you've worked on. Uh Do you have a particular favourite style... Of performance to be involved in, I like da- dancey shows. But in terms of the shows I've worked on, um, my honest favourite was Jesus Christ Superstar. I just, I know, yes. I, I'm not just saying that yes. because Rob's opposite me. I loved it. I loved everything about it, and I would do that job again in a flash. Why did you love it? It was very different. It was different from theatre because it's arenas. The, the the amount of audience, like thousands and thousands. It was the travelling. Um, I had a t- we were on a tour bus. I found that really exciting. The hotels and it was that everyone was away from home, so you get to know everybody because no one was rushing back to their homes. We all we all sort of were very sociable. Went to pubs, went for dinners, and and like a part of that tour included Australia. And um, we went. You just got to see it, this amazing part of the world, but you were working. And and I loved the show. I didn't really know the show before I did it, and I love it. It's like now one of my faves. So. So then, how do you go from? one job to the next what makes you decide that you're going to be working on a particular show do you move with the same stage management team or is it just okay this show's closing what's available I'll throw my CV and see what comes um, so in the early days when you're, you're not known you, it is about sending your CV out and interviews and things and then, and then you'll get your job but once you're 
once you're a little bit more known within the West End, people will approach you. You'll find that people will say, um, are you interested in this? And if it does fit in with your contract, that that's one way. But, I mean, I tend to like, I tend to not do more than a year on a show. I like moving, uh, moving on. But that's, yeah, it's more, it's more word of mouth, really. And knowing people. And, and a lot of teams do move with each other and they do stay, stay within that team. But it's, it's quite likely now they, they're more mixed. I mean, I, I've, only, I've worked for the few stage managers a couple of times, but generally it's new t- completely new teams each time I do another show. I'm always jealous of people who work in stage management uh, or in the orchestra of shows for the fact that they can work on any production because their their employment is not restricted yeah. by their castability. Yeah. So, like, you can go from the RSC to uh, Joseph on tour, or to yeah. you know all the. I always, it, I always think, oh, you're so lucky that you can do <laughs> any, literally any production. It's yeah. so cool. Um, Something we like to ask people is, what's been the hardest moment of your career? Hardest moment? Oh, yeah, get my tissues, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> ben just passed Rose a box of tissues. When we started this interview, she didn't notice they were sitting there and was worried we were going to make her cry. Um, we're, well, hopefully we're not. Please but. don't make me cry. Um, the hardest moment of my career, let's think. I've had shows where... I've had shows, new shows, where... Um, Things change all the time, and that can be quite stressful. In like, I've worked on two. I don't even name them. I won't you name them. Don't need it. to name but, them. But it was just things were changing constantly, and the the producer of the shows was never happy. So it was always that everyone was on the edge of their seat, and is whether we're going to close, are we going to close before we've opened, things like that. And that they're always quite stressful, and it made everyone a bit stressful. So the whole situation wasn't great. Have you ever wanted to leave? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I have honestly. Yeah, there's been shows where. I have wanted to leave, but my I can't leave. I, I I hate I would hate to break a contract, so I always will stick a show out. Um, but definitely, there have been moments, and probably those shows I've been talking about where it's been quite stressful. And what about leaving the the industry in general? Have you ever? Yeah, I've been. I, again, that thought comes into my head. Like like I said, when I trained, I I've always thought about doing the TV thing because stage management, the equivalent in TV is floor managing, and I, that does interest me. And it always has interest me ever since uni. So I feel like I need to give it a go. Even if I did it for a little bit, hated it, I, at least I tried it. So that's always enticing me. Um, also, I mean, we are lucky with the hours we do because we hit our daytimes off. And I love my daytimes off. You know, you go to the gym, see family, friends. And I, I love that. And then you just work in the evening. Sometimes I miss having a weekend, a whole weekend. And I think sometimes people take that for granted. I, miss, I feel like I miss out on lots of people's birthdays or weddings or whatever for the simple fact I cannot get the time of work because you work six days a week yeah you get one only one clear day Uh aha yeah and it'd be nice sometimes to be able to go away for the weekend you know without having to plan it and things so every so often that does come into my head and I'm like oh is it time to move on but I do genuinely love my job but yeah those thoughts do enter my head sometimes do you think show business is a game you need to learn how to play I, I, from my perspective, no, because I'm definitely not a game player. I wouldn't have a clue. I think a lot, some people, definitely, some people are networkers and they're very good at it and that is how they get where they get. I, I can honestly say I haven't got where I've got through networking. I don't do it. I can't do it. Um, so no, I don't think it, it has to be a game. For some people, yeah, but I don't think it has to be at all. And finally, Roz Fennelin, what is the one piece of advice that you would give to anyone who wanted to work inside the West End? 
I would say, I mean, I, I think I toured first and I think touring's a great thing. So if you're doing stage management, if you're training to be a stage manager, you don't have to go the uni route. You could do it, go through Amdram, do work experience, stepping, and then, do you know what I mean, go, go that way, you don't have to go to uni. I think touring's always a good experience to do before you go to the West End because you get to know people, you get, you, it's more, you learn a lot of skills and then you can settle into the West End. But I think just stepping and work experience and get to know people and, and they can give you loads of good advice as well on the way. Ross, thank you so much for coming to talk no, to thank us. Thank you, it's been fun. I th- I, Ros was really worried when she came up to talk to us that uh, she was like, oh, I'm, not, I'm, worried, I'm nervous, I'm, I'm not entertaining. <laughs> and I had to really spell out to her, like, people really enjoy hearing uh, the people who work behind the scenes on shows. Mm. And I've, I'm so interested by it. I've, and I know what roles you're doing and, and I know what, what the job entails, but I've got so many questions because you don't normally get a chance to ask nice. them. It really is fascinating. Yeah. Things. Oh, so and glad. we'd say to all of our listeners that if you want to hear more people like Roz, please do contact us and let us know because I'm sure you could. There's there's a lot more people that a you work with that would be interesting for I us. I know. To I share. know a lot of chatterboxes who would love to sit here and be able to tell them all about your, their jobs. I know a lot of people. Yeah. So absolutely. Well, we'll be texting you later. <laughs> <laughs> do. Thanks, Roz. No, thank you. Roz thank you so much for coming to talk to us and thank you to you guys who tweeted us suggesting that we speak to someone from stage management if you've got any other suggestions at inside west end on twitter tweet us and we'll do our best to find someone who works in that world Roz, thank you we'd love you to get in contact with us we're on twitter at inside west end we would also love you to keep sharing our episodes online or by word of mouth both go a really long way so keep it going We make this podcast for free. If you've enjoyed it and you want to help us make future episodes, then here's how you can. Next time you shop online with Amazon, visit InsideTheWestEnd.com first. Click on any of the Amazon adverts on our site. It will take you straight to Amazon. Your shopping will cost you exactly the same as normal, but Amazon will give us a small kickback as a thank you. Also on InsideTheWestEnd.com, you'll see a donate button. If you'd like to make a direct contribution, then click on the button and follow the link. That's all for this week. Keep an eye on Twitter at Inside West End to see who's our guest on next week's show. Thanks for listening.